What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of season three of the Diamond Talk podcast show. As you know, I'm Jeremy Duran, manager of baseball operations here at Indizone Baseball and Softball Academy. And alongside me, we have my good friend, Andrew Masses. Andrew, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for the intro there. Um, excited for today's podcast. Yeah, we got, we got a fun-filled, packed episode. Um, we're going to be going over a proper routine uh, when you get to the baseball field. So what to do when you get to the baseball field before a game or practice. Yeah, this is a big one that not a lot of people uh, do correctly, and they don't really take a lot of time on until they, unfortunately, until they get to that college level or sometimes in the high school level. Essential. And on top of that, we're also going to be re- uh, reviewing one of my favorites, the Hiko stick. I've been using its hand-eye coordination to do hand-eye coordination drills. Um, for those who don't know what it is, to sort of give you a uh, visual in your head for those listening, um, it's sort of a triangle, it's a stick, I guess, essentially, uh, with three colors um, opposite to each other. So we have blue, white, and red. Um, it's a great drill for hand-eye coordination, or a great tool to use for hand-eye coordination drills. There's various drills you can do, so we're going to jump into that momentarily. But first, as always, we got to do, you know, Diamond Talk is always brought to you by In The Zone Baseball and Softball Academy, premier one-on-one private instruction, team training, rental space, you name it, we have it here at In The Zone Baseball and Softball Academy. Come check it out or visit our website at inthezonenj.com, and hopefully we see you here training soon. So let's get right into it. This is definitely something that we have to go over, um, and for those listening who are In The Zone night players, listen to this. This is something that you're going to see. We always do here. We take at least 15 to 20 minutes just to stretch uh, stretch around, make sure that our guys are going to the proper dynamics. Same thing at the college. We're doing this all the time and, and doing it correctly because it's one thing to do it, and then it's one thing to do it correctly. Um, so let's dive right into it. And what to do when you get to the baseball field, pre-game, pre-practice, whatever the case is, before a workout, let's start with the run. Now, I want to nail the run down. Because for the run, everything's different. I've been a part of programs where I ran to center field wall and back. I've been a part of programs mm-hmm. where I'm running two poles. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of programs where I'm just running a 60-yard sprint. So what is the run? Where am I running to? How am I running to it? What's most essential? What's more important? Well, we don't want to just be Forrest Gump. We want to have a destination in mind and a plan. Um, so the, the pregame, pre-stretch, pre-warm-up, whatever you want to call it, run – uh, is really just to kind of initiate some movement and get the blood flowing a little bit in the body. Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's not a workout. It's not meant to be a workout. It's just supposed to initiate movement and, and get the blood going. Yeah. So, you know, typically a pole or two, for those of you who don't know what a pole is, that's, that's running the outfield wall from foul pole to foul pole um, and back. So, you know, just something simple and, and easy to get the blood going. Uh, a jog out to and back, uh, to and from the uh, center field wall, maybe twice is probably good. Um, depending on the weather, you know, warmer environments, you don't need to do as much running to get your heart going and, uh, and, and get the sweat flowing. Um, again, just to initiate that blood flow gotcha. and, and start that up. And it's like anything else. You go to a gym, you go to do a workout, you start running on the treadmill for about five minutes. Get the heartbeat up, like you said. Start breaking a sweat. It's just that so your body knows, okay, I'm going to start doing some movement now. And, and for some, you have a long car ride before or you've been you know, hanging out, playing video games, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. It's always good to run and get that heartbeat up. 
Right, and this is a jog. It's not a sprint. It's just, you know, nice, easy, casual, right. nothing crazy. Right, Gets it, loosens the body up. Exactly. So we nailed that, that, a run. Okay, now we move to the stretch. Okay, and this is, I don't want to say long, I don't want to say winded, but, <coughs> excuse me, it's something that takes some time if you do it the right way. Absolutely. Um, and one thing I want to, you know, I want to point out is this kind of can vary uh, from age group to age group. The younger guys... You know, they, they don't require as much to really get loose and get ready because their bodies aren't tight yet. Um, but the older you get, uh, once you start to get to that 13, 14, and into high school uh, and, and college level, it takes a lot longer to right. warm your body up properly, stretch it, and, and get it ready for activity. 100%. And, and, guys, you have to remember that a lot of the movements we do in baseball specifically are unorganic movements, right? It's not something that our body's supposed to be th- doing. Let's take the throwing motion for an example. Absolutely. Very detrimental to the right. shoulder. Right. And especially we all if know it's that. done incorrectly. Right. And we, and we know that, and we know that if if the shoulder isn't warmed up properly, if your arm isn't warmed up properly down to your, your the very tip of your fingertips, mm-hmm. all the way up to your shoulder, your collarbone area, if that's not warmed up properly, that if that's not stretched out, all it takes is one pitch. All it takes is one throw. All it takes is just one movement for you to really, really injure yourself and almost cost your career at that point. Yep. Um, you know, we hear so many, and, you know, it's it really is, I feel like we, I hear it every day, something different, but we hear so many cases of Tommy John and torn labrums and this injury and wrist injury. Like, like, can that be prevented with a proper stretch? I know a lot of things can be prevented with a proper stretch, but, like, can something like Tommy John can? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go in and say, like, injury, like, that kind of stuff isn't, only going to be prevented from from stretching proper warm up and stretch and everything like that um but you know it definitely helps every little bit helps mm. uh you know we, we want to make sure that all the muscles in your arm are are moving properly and ready to move uh ready for movement uh the shoulder is something that's really unique in the body and it's it's there's a lot of tiny little muscles that work mm-hmm. in there um, sure, and, sure. and oftentimes a lot of them don't like to be stretched too much, which again is, is the emphasis on this warm up part, um, making sure that the blood is going, um, you know, getting movement into the shoulder. So not necessarily a pulling what you might think of your standard stretch, your typical stretching movement, um, but rather just warming it up and, and getting it custom to movement and, and getting it ready for excessive movement, fast movements, um, fast twitch movements, that kind of thing. So let's start first, right? So we obviously have our dynamic stretches. Yep, we have our dynamic stretches, but I actually want to pull back a little bit before that um, and and talk a little bit about foam rolling. Okay. Um, It is something that, you know, not a lot of people know of. It's becoming a lot more popular recently, um, you know, with more knowledge put out there about uh, activity and warming up for activity and everything like that. Uh, But it's very important to get the muscles ready for movement. Again, um, so this foam rolling activity is, you know, a, more so for the older guys. Right. Uh, the younger guys don't need too much of it, but it definitely can help. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to find those tender spots on your legs, uh, your quads, your IT bands. Those are down the sides of your legs, your sides of your quads, your hamstrings, uh, your glutes. Um, all those big muscles that tend to get nice and stiff when it gets cold, especially. Um, and uh, you're going to want to roll that foam roller back and forth on there, finding those tender spots. It might feel like a, it's going to be a little warm mm-hmm. or tight or sore. That's when you know you hit the right spot. Right. You're going to want to hold that for about 30 seconds or so, just holding it there, put pressure on it, 
and uh, let the foam roller work itself out. Um, you know, you can move into your lats as well, down the sides of your back, uh, roll over onto the side, roll out those lats, again, preparing them for movement. And essentially, we're, we're, we're loosening up our our core muscles, right? So, exactly. Like if, I know you mentioned it, but like what's some of the core, when we form foam roll, sorry, what are some of the core muscles that we're trying to hit that, that really um, first? We're trying to hit really, like I said, in those legs, in your quads, your quad muscles, um, the smaller muscles of the hip girdle and the uh, hip flexors um, up all the way up into uh, into the hip and on the side of your legs. Um, internal and external. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a little inside joke and, we have here. Uh, but internal yeah. and external. <laughs> <laughs> the hip flexor muscles are, are usually the stiffest um, because of how often that we all sit down at, in chairs. Uh, you know, baseball players, especially the younger ones, you know, you're coming out of school um, all day. Or like Coach Jeremy said in the beginning, uh, you you got a long drive to the field to practice whatever it is. Um, you're talking about a 30, 40-minute drive of just sitting there, sitting on your butt in the car. Right. Um, sure, it's warm in there. You might be nice and toasty, uh, but your hips are tight, and we got to open those up, and that's really where it starts with the foam rolling. Right. Um, so hip it's think hip. of it think of it as just a little massage to get right. the muscles ready so, to go. So that's an, I, I'm glad you brought up you brought up temperature because that's another question I had too. So when we're obviously in the winter we stretch more, mm-hmm. and some people may say, well, in the in the dead of summer, ninety plus degree weather, you don't have to stretch as much. Give me the knowledge. Give me the theory behind that rationale and that thinking. Like, shouldn't we be stretching the same amount of time whether it's the winter? Well, I, I guess I guess the idea would be that it's already hot out. Right. And like we said, you know, the stretch and the, the warm-up is just that. It's a warm-up. It's mm-hmm. to get your body warm. Right. Um, but it's still important to make sure that your muscles can achieve the proper length that we want them to and make sure that they're ready to go at, at length. Um, so the muscles uh, contract, expand um, to pull the body parts into movement. Um, so if they can't get to length and, and you can't extend those muscles and, and your body parts, your limbs, as far as they need to go, uh, for baseball activities, and they're not properly ready to do that, um, that's when you start to see injuries happen. So even in the summer when you are warm already, it's still important to make sure that those muscles move accordingly and they're ready to move, uh, the right way. Right. And again, even in the winter, even even though it's hot, like you still, you get to a baseball field and in some cases you haven't been doing anything. Right. Again, um, you still drove there for 40 minutes. And I just want to just point out something and, and, and just point out the importance of stretching in general. Right? And I know we're not in the major leagues and a lot of you not in the major leagues, but like you get to D1 baseball, Power 5, you get to Major League Baseball, there is a strength and conditioning coach catered to the players. So that just goes to show you the importance of of stretching right you get even mobility specialists right. specifically uh, mobility specialists or uh, uh, physical therapists right. um, especially those guys they major league teams have been putting a lot more money into mobility right. and strength and conditioning and and physical therapy uh, because therapy is not just for those of us who are injured um, mobility is not just to return mobility to the joints after an injury. Yeah. Uh, it should be an ongoing process at all times. And, and shout out to our friends over at PSP, Persistent yes, Sports absolutely. Performance and Physical Therapy out in East Hanover. Um, it's, it's one of our recent partnerships that we have here at In The Zone. We do a lot of lessons out there um, and in, re- in, in return owner and uh, I guess CEO 
Andrew Moore comes out here and does some strength mobility stuff, I should say. Yep. Uh, speed and agility speed stuff agility as well. Stuff here yeah. in the zone. So if you guys are looking for a strength coach or a conditioning coach, agility coach, and they also have physical therapy tables yep. there. Um, so it's a great spot to be if you want to get some baseball lessons in, if you want to get some mo- movement lessons in, whatever the mm-hmm. case is, private one-on-one instruction, uh, training, group training, same, th- same sort of thing. Um, Really focused on mobility and agility. And it's a great setup over there. Great, it is a great spot. I like they got a nice 40-yard turf. It's a great spot over there. So with that said, uh, Coach Andrew Mastis. Now, so so we have the foam roll, which is great. It's a great way to you know almost loosen out our muscles. And mm-hmm. I like to think of a foam roll. You, you know that – I really can't remember, but it's that tool in the kitchen when you like flatten out pizza. A roller, I guess, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a rolling pin. That's what I like to think of the phone. Yeah, exactly. It's a rolling pin. You're you're starting movement in your muscles. You're getting your muscles rolled out and and helping them achieve length, right. um, so that when you start your actual stretching, uh, they're already getting some movement in beforehand. Right. Uh, you know, opening up some tightness. Uh, you know, getting rid of some knots that you might have. Trying to start the movement in those knots a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we'll move into uh, some dynamic and, uh, and static stretching. Static a little bit first, um, and then you move upwards into that dynamic stretching. Yeah. Um, the dynamic stretching is really important in baseball because everything we do mm-hmm. is a dynamic movement. Um, you're, you're standing still for a while, and, right. and, you know, to some people that might seem boring, um, but everything changes in a split second, and you have to be able to move on that split second on the drop of a dime. Um, so the dynamic stretches that we do are tailored to creating and, and you know, helping that movement. So yeah. we want to do a lot of bounding, um, you know, starting off simple, though, with something like a lunge with a twist, uh, getting into those weird positions uh, that you find yourself in on the baseball field at all times. Yeah. Uh, there's always a position that you're going to be in on a baseball field that you're not usually accustomed to being in. Um, so those dynamic stretches are are really important for baseball players and, and really all athletes uh, because you, you're always moving dynamically and and on on a on a turn sharp angles uh, stuff like that. So let's talk about now the, the uh, in order in the sequence in the right order. Um, so you know we come back we run we go through our foam roll sessions and now we're at dynamic stretches. What what are we doing? I think it's pretty common that the first thing, first two things we're doing, is a high knees and a butt kicks type of movement. Um, yeah, again, continuing that blood movement, uh, that blood flow. Um, you know, starting off kind of relatively simple, simple movements, um, and working your way up into the more uh, extreme movements. I guess we'll call them. Um, not that they're really extreme, but you know, they they do require a lot more. Uh, body awareness um, and and movement. So the high knees, the butt kicks, all that stuff is important. Uh, like I said before, lunges with twists. Um, so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Let's whatever. run through it. So we got we got high knees, we got butt kicks. What are we doing next? Uh, we could do lunges. I like the lunges with twists. We go regular forward and then reverse, um, just to get a little bit different of a feel. Um, then you got in there, I like to do some scoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you bend your back knee, keep that front foot nice and close to your back foot. Bend the back knee, keep your front leg straight, reaching down to your back foot and moving your hands forward through your front foot, keeping your toes, your front toes off the ground, really uh, stretching out and trying to single out that hamstring muscle of the front leg. Right. Um, you can even make it more dynamic and add a leg kick in there after the fact. 
just to increase the stretch on that muscle and increase movement on that muscle. Um, we can separate those into uh, leg kicks next. Uh, we don't have to do them together. We can make it a separate movement. So Frankenstein's? Yeah, as you know, everybody calls them Frankenstein's, those uh, high leg kicks. Um, you know, we'll add in a quad pull there. Uh, everybody likes to do the, we call them Statue of Liberties here, um, quad pull with a reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, it's a walking movement. You're pulling that knee back behind your other leg to help stretch out the quad. And again, a little bit of those hip flexors. Um, and the reach kind of extenuates that. Uh, we want to make sure we're reaching out and up a little bit, keeping our back straight and our head still. We don't want to fall down. We don't want to f- bend over or anything like that. We want to try to keep a nice alignment in our posture from our head down to our tailbone um, and keeping that back nice and straight when we do this stretch. Gotcha. Um, from there, we can do some hugs uh, or cradles okay. uh, to help stretch out the the uh, glute muscles in the back. Um, we can go into... Let's see what else. Uh, one of my favorites, the world's greatest stretch. Um, mm. That's a little bit mix of a lunge. Um, so you're going to lunge out with one leg, bring the lead leg elbow. So if you're lunging out with your left foot, your left elbow is going to go down to your left foot instep. Uh, your right hand is going to be on the floor, bracing yourself and, and assisting in balance. Uh, your right leg is straight behind you. So you're in a lunge position with your left elbow, your left foot in front, your left elbow at your left foot's instep. So that means your left elbow is inside your left foot. Sure. Your right hand is flat on the ground. You're going to hold that for two to three seconds. And then you're going to reach, you're going to turn so that your left hand goes up over your head. Um, as that happens, that's then uh, we're going to reach back down to the floor with your left foot. And you're going to come back up and do a lunge and similar motion with the next uh, next foot. Lunge out with the right foot and, and continue on down your line for about 15 to 20 yards or so. Okay. Um, so that's that's a really great one. That's a pretty dynamic movement. There's a lot of moving parts going on there. And then, um, we, uh, of course, we end with shuffles uh, each way and then shuffle, shuffle, sprint, straight spins, and then we're done. Yep. We've got uh, – I, I also like to add in some high skips, uh, some A skips. Okay. Um, just mm-hmm. a little bit extra um, – so again, I like I like what you're doing exercise. here. You, you sort of sandwiched movement, the movements, mm-hmm. right? So we're moving at a quicker pace in the beginning, slowing it down towards the middle, and then bringing it back up at the end. Yep, a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's how we go through our dynamic stretch. So that's about 10, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, so to speak. It's kind of long for a stretch, but it is 8 to 10 minutes right there for a dynamic stretch, uh, including a run, including a foam roll. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about 8 to nine stretches that you can possibly do on a dynamic stretch, then obviously we move into a static, right? We're more spread out and sort of in place. And this is an easy one, right? Because this is where we really focus in on our arms and on our backs and, and our legs. Um, l- less movement, more hitting more key muscles now, right? Right. We, uh, we want to – we'll then move into some of those static stretching. Um, and, and I use static as a loose term because some of the stretches that we do uh, stationary – uh, just because we're stationary doesn't necessarily mean it's static. Right. Um, so like arm circles wouldn't necessarily be considered static stretching because there is a lot of movement going Correct. on. Um, but again, just loosening up those shoulders uh, and, and getting them ready for movement. I like to do what's called, uh, I call them a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, you elevate your sh- elbow up to your shoulder height, yep. um, creating a 90 degree angle at the shoulder and the elbow, and then uh, rotating on the shoulder 
bringing your hands up and down. Right. From there, you know, yeah, continued to getting those legs stretched out, more quad stretches, some hamstring stretches, sure. uh, some some of the traditional butterflies right. sitting down, uh, some pigeon stretches, uh, all those things to to more initiate the glutes. A couple uh, down really, to the right, down to the left. <laughs> down to the right, down to the left. Got to throw those in there. The of classics. Course. Arm over left over right, right over left. Then we yeah. got you know hugs. exactly. And it's important to note that when we do these so these more static stretches where we're holding the position for a longer time, right. um, we're not really trying to rip our limbs off. We we don't want to we don't want to tear through our limbs, um, especially with our shoulders. Uh, in our arms, right. we really just kind of want to hold it there uh, and not so much pull it, but really just kind of hold it there, giving a little bit of room to move, um, pulling it just to some tension, some light tension, uh, going nice and easy, not trying to push anything too crazy. Okay, so we just ran through another six or seven static, maybe even more stretches, because uh, we have two arms, we have two legs, so it, take, it does take mm-hmm. double the time of one. Um, so we pretty much just ran through a 20 to 25 minute stretch. Now yeah. on a college field, I would like to get this down to 15 minutes mm-hmm. so I can see where some, in some places it can get rushed, but in a two hour time period, you know, we got to be, we were sharing space. We got to be in and out and, you know, we're on a practice plan that if we get thrown off our practice plan, something gets messed up. So anywhere from 15 to 18 minutes for a stretch is perfect. Would you agree? Yeah. 15 to 18 minutes. That's what we're really looking for. Um, that should give you enough time to really, really create the movement patterns that right. you want to create and, and uh, get the blood flowing and, right. and prepare for uh, more intense physical activity. And any extra work that you want to do that, or any extra time that you – listen, again, everybody's different. Everybody's body's different. We all have different body types. So if you're one of those people or one of those baseball players that need more time to get ready – We'll come to the facility. Go to get to the baseball field, wherever it is. Get there early. If your report time's one thirty, where you're there at one twenty, or you're there at one fifteen, because you know you need ten extra t- minutes to stretch. You know your body, right? So this also comes from self awareness. Have some self awareness of how much time your body needs to get ready. Right. Take the time to learn your body, um, especially for the younger guys. That's one of the things I think I talked about this a little bit in the in the last one we did. Um, is teaching how to move your body um, during lessons and stuff like that. Um, we want to make sure that everybody has a good understanding. Whoa, look at that. Can you just pull the mic off there? Yeah, it's back Oh, man, now. all right, we're good, we're good. You guys, don't worry, the studio didn't break. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just continuing to understand your body, your specific body, what you need to do, the areas that you're tight in, um, because everybody's different, and, yeah. and not everybody needs the same stretching and, and stra- same well, techniques. So, well, so, and, and it's, it's, it's important. I mean, that, that's definitely one thing that you should know. That, like, coaches don't know your body, right? As much as they say they might want to, as much as they say they do, like, we don't know how you feel. Only you can tell somebody how you feel. Right, because it's your feeling. You feel it. You feel if you hurt. You're you feel if something's not right. It's nothing that a coach or someone else can do for you because they're not inside your body. They don't know how you feel. So that's something that you have to speak up and say, and that's something that you have to know when you're stretching. So that's that's about fifteen minutes, fifteen twenty minutes. We just went over talking about just stretches, just running and foam rolling. So just to go over, you know, you got to run, you got to foam roll, you got high knees, butt kicks, lunge with a twist, scoops, Frankenstein's quad pull cradles world's greatest stretch and then we get into more static stationary stretches with that said 
15 minutes, 15 to 18 minutes stretching. We now get into a throwing routine, which I also think should take about 8 to 10 minutes. We'll, let's go over it some time to time. Me, personally, again, everybody's different from the starting position. Me, personally, I like to start on knee. I like to start your throwing knees down, and you're going through a throwing motion with your partner on a knee, feeling that ball coming out of your hand with spin, feeling your body bending down, making sure you're coming through the ball and get into, getting the ball to your partner's chest every time. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. Everybody wants to throw different. Um, and, you know, as a pitcher myself, uh, this was definitely <laughs> near and dear to my heart as a warm-up. So my pregame routine would take an hour in college, just about between my stretching, throwing, and, you know, mental prep. Uh, because that is something also, once you get older, you want to start mentally preparing for your game. Uh, so, you know, you can even add in some what's called CNS prep, uh, central nervous system prep, um, doing some mind games, if you will, um, reaction things. Uh, me and my buddy um, used to do this drill where we'd hold a, a baseball out in front of each other, um, one in each hand, and, and drop the baseball with the, our partner's hands over top. And you'd have to catch it before it hits the ground. We do those a, a bunch of times before every start of every game uh, just to kind of help get us locked in um, and, uh, you know, in the zone, so to speak, <laughs> um, before the game and make sure that we were we were prepped and, and, and ready to go. Right, right. Um, but then throwing itself, uh, you know, really starting off nice and slow and easy, whether that be wrist flicks, uh, you know, we call them cement throws, your, your feet are stationary, just turn in the shoulders. Um, backing your way up nice and easy. Uh, I like to do a couple of throwing drills myself. Um, I call the one of them the follow-through drill. Uh, you're standing up in your power position. That means feet spread, um, front foot out in front, back foot flat, uh, reaching out over that front foot where you're going to be releasing the ball, extending out to your target, uh, going backwards through your throwing delivery, mm -hmm. uh, back into that power, true power position. Uh, and then delivering a throw right. to your partner's chest. How often do you long toss in college? Um, I long tossed quite a bit. Um, I never really extended that far just because of my own personal preference. Right. Um, but long tossing is very important. It, it's a great way to warm up. It's a great way to build arm strength. Right. Um, you know, some of, my, some of my friends on the team, they long tossed a lot more than I did. Uh, and, and that's really, again, personal preference and, and what your program is. You know, some, a lot of colleges, every college really, uh, has a throwing program right. and what they want to do. Um, but long tossing is a great way to build arm strength and loosen yourself up. Right. There's two different kind of ways to do it. Uh, you know, if you're warming up, really, you're going to want to long toss nice and easy the whole time. Not too much intense throwing, uh, especially on the way out. You're going to long toss out to whatever distance that you want to go to. Mm -hmm. You're going to take your time, high arc throws. That's just getting the ball to your partner, right. uh, putting some air underneath it, lofting it out there as you're going back on your way out. And then once you're at that distance, take a couple more just to get used to the distance and then start to kind of pull down a little bit and try to deliver a little bit more on a line. Uh, so and this takes about what, 10, 15 throws at max? Uh, once you're out at distance, yeah, you're going to take another five to ten throws just to get comfortable with the distance and then kind of start to work your way back in. Right. But if you're looking to build arm strength and stuff like that, you're going to want to take some more throws out at that distance, and especially with pull-downs. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to take more pull-down throws at that distance to help build up that arm strength. Oh, excuse me. Um, and those pull-down throws are really trying to get the ball on a line to sure. your partner. Sure, and and... 
this is when you so we, we we ran through excuse me the whole routine right so now we're back in we, we we did our long toss we're done we went to the maximum distance that we were for that day and this is one of my pet peeves and i hate seeing this guys will throw the long toss they're like at 120 to 140 feet out they're fence to fence line to line whatever and they're like, all right, I'm good. And they run in and they don't throw another throw. And that's something that I want to emphasize too. Mm-hmm. If you're long tossing or if you're out your maximum, whatever your maximum distance for that day is, don't just say, okay, I'm good. Stop, run in, and don't throw another ball. You're, the way you work in, right, is you keep throwing but working your way back in. It's like we said for the stretches, right? We stretch out. We, we start slow, get deep, right, and then come back in. Same thing like a row band. You start slow, get out to your throwing distance, and come back in. But you just don't stop throwing and then say you're good. Yeah, you got to work it back in. Uh, So the way in is just as important as the way out Mm -hmm. in long toss, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with those pull downs. You're going to want to get your pull downs in at distance and then continue to throw on a line for the rest of the way in until Mm -hmm. you get about to, you know, 70, 80, 90, 60 feet. Uh, then you can kind of ease up a little bit, do some quick hand drills. Maybe if you're an infielder, even pitchers, you know, you got to create quick movement and so athletic movements. I like that you said that, right? So when we're at the school, at the college, when we're about 85 feet away, 70 feet, whatever I mark it, um, my, we start throwing with a purpose, right? So my infielders, they throw like they're fielding a ground ball. Yep. My outfielders throw like they're fielding a ground ball. Or this is the way in up. or back this out? This is on in, back in when we get about mm-hmm. 50 to 60 feet in, right? So infielders doing working through a ground ball, making a throw. Outfielders working through pop-ups and ground balls and making throws right. back to their partner. My catchers are backpicking from third base and working on footwork nice. um, on, on a man stealing. And my pitchers are working on secondary pitchers when they work back in, right? So everyone's throwing with a purpose. Uh, it's important that if you're a coach listening that you have your team on some sort of plan, some sort of throwing routine, an idea of when they go out there, they know how to, what to do and when to do it. And at 60 feet, you do this. 70, you do this. 80 is this. 90 is this. 120 is this. And, and for everybody, too, it's important. And we go back to everybody's different. Um, you're right. So you may not have player A on the same long toss day as player B because right. his off day is different from player B's off day or pitcher B's off, whatever the case is. So when they get to a certain amount of point, they'll then be different from what they're doing and they won't look as a team as much. But then when they start to come back in, they're all thrown with a purpose. They're all moving and it's looking like a well-oiled machine. So um, that's the throwing routine right there. We, we Again, we just went through it. So we got knees, we got cement throws, we got you know uh, rockers, we got figure eights, we got uh, stepping throws, we got step behinds. Then we start working out to a long toss where you're getting more high arc and you're getting uh, some pull downs. After that, working your way back in until eventually we're working into throwing with a purpose, whether it's quick hands, whether it's uh, you know infield coming through, outfield coming through, catchers, pitchers, whatever the case is, we have all of that for throwing. Again, so now we're at a 15 minute stretch. We are at at a 10 to 15 minute throwing progression. We're at 30 minutes now that we take before a ball game to get ready. And the, the, the next and final segment before we get into our IO and our pre-workout is glove work. And I think this is essential for my infielders, my outfielders, my catchers, and sometimes my pitchers if they're not doing something extra um, with the throwing routine. Because Come they on, you have, know pitchers can always find something to do. They throw, but they throw longer. Right, um, right. And I'm going to hit something, too, sometimes when we're done throwing, pitchers will go and do heavy balls and um, band work. Yep, so, absolutely. So while my, my position guys are doing gl- um, glove work, my pitchers are doing band works with some heavy ball movements if they want to or if they didn't do that before they threw. Right, if it's their off day from, right. from pitching or anything like that as right. well. Right. So we got that. Now, 
it's essential I think we do glove work every day. Um, why? Because we almost feel the ground ball every day. And ground feeling a ground ball isn't easy. And if you've been in New Jersey in the month of February playing college baseball when it's 28 degrees out and trying to feel the ground ball on a dirt field is ridiculous. It's a nightmare. Right. So that is something I think we should do essentially every day because we are outfielders that catch fly balls every day. We're all, we are infielders that field ground balls every day. So why not practice a movement every day, so to speak? Practice everything you do every day. 100%. So I think we get into a glove work right after, and after that we get into a I.O., and then by then, we're ready for game time. All right. And this, again, sometimes in the middle of I.O. and stretch throw, you have a uh, batting practice. If, a lot of times if you're in high school, varsity, you're a college baseball player, you'll, you'll mix in an hour and 15, 20-minute batting practice, then you'll start getting into a more serious stretch. So, again, I want to paint the picture in your listener's head um, before we move on here. In the major leagues, in college baseball, and D1, whatever the case is, you get to the ball claw. If you have a game at 7 o'clock at night, because mm-hmm. most mostly do, right? You get to the ball field around 1, six hours before a game, mm-hmm. right? You come in, you eat lunch, whatever. There's a whole spread. <laughs> you get ready. Then you go out to the field for your pre-pre-stretches. This is pre-anything. This is the first stretch of the day, mm-hmm. your first movements of the day. Um, you're stretching as a team. Then you get into individual work. Then you get into some throwing. Then you're back in the locker room for a short break, back out for batting practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go through your batting practice. Everyone's fielding and shagging in the outfield. The hitters are hitting. You get done with batting practice. You're back in the locker room while the away team takes batting practice. Once that's done, we then get into – they're then back out on the field stretching again because they've been sitting around for quite some time now and they want to get their body again moving right. from sitting down. So they're back on the field stretching. They're throwing again, and they're getting ready for game time. So at the major league level, it takes about six hours to get ready for a baseball game. Yeah, you know, it's, a lo- it's a long process. And a lot of times, these tournament games, these you know, we only have an hour, and I mean, right. less, you right. know, so to speak. So um, it's important that if you're one that needs extra time, get to the field early. Get to the field early. Take your time. Go through the motions right. that you need to go through. Right. And we're, we're almost running out of time here, but I, I, I definitely want to hit on this because it's something that I love using. It's something that I've seen everyone around the facility using a lot. We can use it for every pitcher. We can use it for every infielder, every catcher, whatever the case is. We have it definitely for my hitters, and that is the Hico stick. And it's something that I've came across when I start, first started here in the zone. Um, and it's something that I love using, really. It's, it's a Hico stick. It's, it's almost like a peace sign. Right, it's like a Y peace sign looking type of thing without the circle. But like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, I, I guess this is a triangle. It's a Y shape. Y yeah. sh- Okay, it's a Y shape. So you get the sense of a Y shape, and each stick of the Y has a different side, evenly distributed. Uh, evenly distributed, obviously. Um, like I said, one side is red, one side is white, one side is blue. So what I like doing with the Hiko stick. Um, again, I love it for hand eye. So uh, one thing we do for my hitters is that we'll we'll do it two. We'll take it in two steps. The first step will be straight on, right? We won't be doing anything. All we're doing mm-hmm. is I'm tossing you the hico stick. I'm calling on a, a color. You catch the color. Right. Second movement, which I think is very beneficial and it, it really helps for my younger guys keep their head down at contact. Mm-hmm. We go through a swing progression, and at point of contact, they have to catch the color that I call out. Ah, so it nice. forces them to keep their head down on the baseball at all Seeing the possible color times. all the way in. Right, because if you're looking up, you can't see the color, and essentially exactly. you can't catch it. Um, that's one thing, and I, I do plan when I have some infield workouts to do some infield things with it. It's really cool. It's really cool for reaction time, hand-eye coordination, and, and mm-hmm. what to do and when to do it. 
Absolutely. You know, so um, if you're definitely out there, check out Hecosix.com. They're all over the place. Amazon. They have the, I'm pretty sure they have their own website. But that is Hecosix, H-E-C-O-S-T-I-X. And get yours today. Let us know how you, what you think of your Hecosix. Let us know if you're using it. Let us know how it helped you. We want to know. Drop a comment to the show. Drop a comment or, or email us. Always at diamondtalkshow at gmail.com again diamondtalkshow at gmail.com let us know if you're using your Hico sticks as always folks any questions or comments you'd like to you'd like to be answered just email the show like I mentioned we have a couple packed episodes coming in we have you know Suzanne Ruffo who's assistant coach at St. Peter's University here in New Jersey do you want softball program um, again we're, gonna, we're trying to get coach Jeff Alzarano back on the show I know so he was a staple of the show talking about um baseball teams and his philosophy there you know we have some more product reviews coming up this show is catching fire fairly soon we're enjoying it absolutely so as always folks thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week